find the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he set out. Amen. And I want to talk about this because this is one of the points that I want to talk about in regards to our character, right? In, in regards to um, our response. When I talked about it, when I opened up, uh, our response to a calling, our response to, um, to maybe uh, hearing the word of God or, or to maybe sometimes, and we can even apply this to our work life, to our home life, to anything, amen? What is your response when you are essentially about to inherit something, right? What's your response? Is it a good one? Do you do immediately what Elisha did? Do you go immediately and burn your plow, slaughter the oxen, and immediately follow after Christ? What does that represent in the natural, right, for us today? What does it represent in the spirit today, right? What it represents is that when God calls all of us, to a life to, uh, of, of Christ, right? A life of uh, everlasting life, amen? A life of serving God. He calls us to leave our past life, amen? And what Elijah is showing us here is that immediately he said, I no longer need my plow. I no, no, longer, I no longer need the oxen. So he offers it up as a sacrifice. He cuts himself off from his past life the past things that he found were more valuable at that time because he sees that there's something more valuable. He sees that he's about to inherit something of more significance, okay? That's what is in this scripture, and that's what we, we are to pull from it, amen, is, is that, you know, he's about to, there was a divine earthly appointment um, for something to take um, something to take place, right? A, a representation of authority and completeness was about to be handed to him. Amen. So I don't know. I mean, maybe he was already an intelligent young man. Maybe he understood what was happening. Um, but a lot of times, you know, what we have to pull from this scripture or scriptures, I should say, is what God is trying to teach us through them, right? God is trying to teach us that when I call you, amen, to, to do something for the kingdom of God, or when a prophecy is prophesied over you, amen, what are you going to do at that point, right? Some of us are going to have a different approach and a different response, amen. Some of us may be excited about it. Some of us might be led by fear at that moment, like, wait a minute, I'm not ready for that, right? But I like the reaction of Elisha because immediately he doesn't, he doesn't think twice, all he, all he says is like, it's just imagine Brother Jaden, right? Brother Jaden, imagine, right? Let, let's use this young, this young boy as an example. Your call to Christ, right? Somebody that you, you know and revere as a, as a prophet, you know, somebody who has authority in the kingdom of God comes to you and tells you, Jaden, here's my mantle. Here's my cloak. You are now going to be my predecessor because that's what that meant. Amen. I, I, and what's, what's Jaden's reaction? In this case, if he's Elisha, he says, okay, let me just kiss my mom and dad goodbye, and I'm with you. Let's go. I'm going to go and take this on, right? Because he understands that there's some significance here. It's a higher calling. It's, high, it's a higher calling than plowing the fields. 
Amen. He, he was plowing the fields with the yokes, with the oxen. Amen. I'm sure he was doing a good thing, a good deed for his people, his family and whatnot. But there's a higher calling than that, that this young man saw. Right. There's a there's a higher calling that Elisha was able to pull from from the cloak or the mantle that Elijah placed on him. Amen. So so I wanted to start there to say before you can inherit a double portion, you first have to understand that when a calling or a prophecy or when God speaks to you or talks to you, what he's trying to say and if you're going to respond the right way. Because I can tell you today that we will sit here many, many times or we will stand and we will praise the Lord or we'll sit at the altar and it's not just our church. I can tell you this is globally for Christians. This is globally for followers of Christ. We will request a double portion. We will request a double portion of what the Lord can give us. But we have failed to respond the right way. Do you follow me? Amen. So before we can inherit a double portion of anything God possesses and anything that God can give us. Amen. Because God, God we know this, right? God owns everything. Amen. For those of you who follow Christ and believe um, wholeheartedly that what, what the Bible says and what the Lord is and, and who he is to you, we know that he owns everything. And before you can ask him for anything, it's all about your response. Amen. So I'm not saying today that you got to make a choice with whatever you're doing, but I, I, I encourage you to think on that. Amen. Think on that. When you first were introduced into God, and when God first spoke to you, right, when God first touched you, amen, and, and you began to understand what God was trying to tell you, and God was trying to provide a, a, a direction and a path for your purpose, did you respond the right way, right? This isn't a message where you're like, I didn't, don't kick yourself in the behind, you know, don't get upset, don't get mad, I just, I just want you to think about that, right? Because that's what Wednesdays, Wednesdays are for as well, right? Let's think about really our past. Let's think about our past. Let's think about our future. And let's figure out if we're responding to things the right way, especially the Word of God. Okay, amen? Because, again, before we can inherit the double portion, we have to respond correctly. Amen? We have to. You have to respond correctly. I mean, God can forgive. I get that. But then we need to grow. We need to develop into what God has called us to be. So before we can inherit, inherit anything, amen? Excuse me. I have a problem with breaking. Excuse me. So the character and attributes, the actions and responses of Elisha, amen, to inherit anything, to receive uh, as an heir at the death of the previous holder, right? That's the definition of inheriting, amen? Amen. To, to become a her, uh, uh, an heir, amen, to, uh, to come into something, to... Um, to be willed or be left something, to be devised, amen, to derive uh, uh, genetically from one's uh, parents or ancestors, amen, to receive or be left with something. Uh, and, and it says this in the Webster's Dictionary, from a predecessor or former owner, amen. That, that's what inheriting something means, amen, because Elisha inherited something, but he didn't, he didn't ask for it. He really didn't. He didn't. He didn't. It doesn't talk about it in the Bible that he asked for some special inheritance. Um, it was predestined by God that he was going to inherit, um, you know, the, prof, the, the, the office of prophecy or the office of a prophet 
um, of, of Elijah. Amen. Um, so, again, he, he understands what took place. He knows that the cloak or the mantle that was placed over him by Elijah was a symbol, amen, that he was now going to be his predecessor. I'm sure he had no ministry before that, amen. It didn't say, hey, I guess where I found Elisha, he was in the church praying. He was at an altar. He was already sacrificed. It didn't, they didn't find him there. He, he found him in the field plowing, found him hard at work. And I don't know about you, but that's also a good attribute. That's also a good character trait, right? Characteristic trait of somebody is finding somebody hard at work. You know, if you can work hard for, for, to put food on the table, if you can work hard because you want to achieve, um, you know, a, a well-being for your family and, and, though, and, and your own home, right? If you can work hard towards something that's positive, and God's, God's going to reward that. He's going to see that. You know what? This individual is always hard at work. I can only imagine what he's going to do or what she's going to do when I anoint her, when I anoint him. They're going to take that same attitude, that same response to the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. So I want to start talking about a few other things like, like the portion. Amen? The double portion. Amen? And I know that like some of you sisters in here... Uh, understand where I'm coming from because you have to make more portions when it comes to a meal, amen, for some of your husbands, amen, or your kids, amen, because we're meal-minded people. I'll explain that for you. What I mean about that, and the brothers know in here what I'm talking about because whenever we go eat, we're already talking about the next meal. We're meal-minded people. Does that make sense? Amen. We're, we're meal-minded people. We... we <laughs> it's just it's just in our natural being we love i mean most of us love food amen and 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 when i say brother Ernest and brother pete right when i talk about a double portion and we think meal we're like oh yeah i'm gonna get me a double portion of those mashed potatoes right we just had thanksgiving i'm gonna give me a double portion of that turkey um i'm gonna give me a double portion of that pumpkin pie right like we, we, we usually think on it as something in the natural, something of a, of a meal when we think of portions, amen? And for some of us, we need to cut out some portions, amen? Uh, I know I've, I've outgrown some pants in my closet, so I know that I have to start cutting out a few portions, amen? And, and you know, I, it, my wife feeds me well, amen? And, and they're not bad meals. They're not unhealthy meals. I just eat too many portions at times. Amen. And I have to learn how to cut back on those portions. But right here, we're not talking about cutting back on portions. We're talking about a double portion. A double portion of what? Amen. The Bible, what does it focus on? Amen. It focuses on a double portion. And and generally, you know, most of us know very practical, very logical thought process here. When you talk about the word of God and the Bible, we're talking about a spiritual side of things. Amen. Although it's very natural and uh, very practical, I'm sorry, and it can be applied in the natural, uh, we definitely know that God is trying to grow us spiritually. Amen. So when we talk about a double portion and inheriting a double portion and, and, and pulling from these uh, derived scriptures of Elisha and Elijah, we're talking about a double portion of the spirit. Amen. Something we can all use. Amen. We can all use a double portion of God's spirit. And in this case, Elisha knew exactly what he wanted. 
And that's what I loved about it so, so much because we talked about how he, uh, he left his parents, amen. He left, he, he, he asked to kiss him goodbye, and he did what he would as a young man. I'm assuming he was a young man. It doesn't give an age, but I can only imagine that if he wanted to run and kiss his parents goodbye, that he had to be somewhat young, amen. And, uh, and we know that immediately he follows Elijah, the prophet, and he begins to allow himself to be mentored, Amen. He allows himself to be mentored. And I can only imagine, right, kind of put yourself in that time in his shoes and think about what he's experiencing, what he's seeing happen, what he's seeing take place. I mean, if you think about the time that, that this, this uh, scripture is talking about or, or, it's, uh, or, or, or the biblical era that it's in, it was not a good time for prophets. I mean, you know why I just told you that um, Elijah was running from uh, Jezebel. He was afraid for his life. Not to mention any other prophet of God was essentially a target, right? To be slayed, to be killed. Let's just put it out there, right? Um, they, were, they were a target. And it wasn't a popular time for a prophet. Amen. And I'm sure that uh, Elisha probably got whiff of it, what was going on, and knew that. But he didn't hesitate. Didn't hesitate. He still jumped on the, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow this guy. I'm going to follow this prophet. He still followed him. So I was like, man, that, that, that had to be something right there. To, I mean, it's like, you know, like the world hates you, but I'm still going to go and follow you. Uh, support you, even though the world hates you. Even though they want your life. I'm still going to follow you and support you. Um, because it's for a greater cause. It's for a, a better reason. And it's God's calling. Amen. So I just, I kind of wanted to throw that, tab, that tidbit in there for you just to say that it, it, it couldn't have been a popular time to want to be a prophet or to want to be mentored or want to follow a prophet at that time. Yet this young man still did, right? His response was still with, he still had that eagerness and that want and that desire to do so. So I, I, I wanted to cover that real quick because Elijah's story begins, right, like I said, in 1 Kings 19, 14 through 21. You can read more about it. I encourage you to always read about it. I've been in 1 Kings and 2 Kings probably for the last couple of months, right? I preached a few weeks ago about Ahab um, and, uh, and, and a prophet. It doesn't list who the prophet is. It doesn't name who the prophet is. But uh, God still showed favor to a, the most wicked king, amen, which was Ahab in the book of Kings. Right, he he still showed him that because he sought out um, he sought out his elders, amen. And and God still wanted to show people, hey, you know who I am, right? I'm Yahweh. I am the God. I am the God of salvation, amen. So, so I just say that I be, I say that to share with you. Like I said, I just I've been stuck in these two books for a while, okay, church. <laughs> so that's why this message came today. This is why uh, God's been talking to me, right, about about these individuals, these characters, and the Bible, amen. And, uh, and I just found, I found that this story was intriguing. I, I, I made notes of this several months ago, and I was like, something's going to come from this. I said, the Lord just, it just stuck out, and I said, the Lord's going to talk to me about that, and, um, and lo and behold, here we are today. Amen. So, as God tells Elijah to anoint Elisha as the prophet to replace him, in this passage, we read that Elijah finds Elisha plowing a, in a field with a pair of oxen, and immediately throws his mantle on Elisha as an invitation to follow him. Amen. He says, Elisha immediately obeys and burns his plow and cooks, off, cooks the oxen and gives it to his people to eat. Elisha exhibited ridiculous commitment, 
to Elijah. Granted, this is the first time he met him. Amen. He wasted no time in obeying. He didn't go away to take time to think about it. Right? We all know we do that, right? What's the common thing we say? And I'm not saying that's wrong. But we'll say, hey, brother, go and pray on it. Go pray on it, sister. Go pray on it let the Lord talk to you. Right? And I'm not saying that's wrong. I think we need to do that. We need to always consider what the Lord says. Amen. That's a matter of fact. That's what the the message was two weeks ago when I preached on it. Amen. Always consider what the Lord has to say. Amen. But he wasted no time in obeying what the Lord asked him to do. He didn't go away to take time to think about it. He didn't write out a list of pros and cons, right, of the goods and bads. He didn't play it safe. He immediately said yes to God's calling through Elijah. Right? He, he reacted immediately. Elijah's ridiculous commitment shows that the cost of following God is great, but the cost of not following him is even greater. Amen. For those of you who know we serve God because God is a God of salvation, know that he gives us an everlasting life when you serve him. When you don't serve him, not following him is even greater, right? It's even greater not to follow him because that cost is greater. Amen. So furthermore, Elisha's commitment was complete. He burned his plow, slaughtered his oxen, and left his family inheritance behind. Left that behind. Like, that's my family's inheritance, but I'm about to inherit a double portion of something. Amen. Of something even better. He left everything he knew and and loved behind. Elisha shows us that to step toward your destiny... You have to step away from your security and past life. Is your commitment to God immediate and complete like Elisha's? What security and past might you need to walk away from in order to walk toward your destiny? What's keeping you from your inheritance? Amen. So now I want to jump to the next portion of scripture. 2 Kings 2, 9 through 10. The NIV again. Because... This scripture jumps to the next book, right, Kings 2. We, and, and it's only several chapters later, when I can imagine that it was several years later. Amen. After Elisha had already followed Elijah and allowed himself, himself to be mentored by this prophet, um, you know, like I said, he must have saw a lot of things take place. He must have saw miracles. He must have, he must have saw uh, he, he had to have seen Elijah uh, perform, right, as a prophet, amen, and, and speak to the people about what God says, right? This is what the Lord says. That was very common in that time. This is what the Lord says, right? We talk about that too, amen. Like, I don't believe the report of the doctors. I believe the report of the Lord, amen, because at the end of the day, the Lord has all things in his control, amen. And although there is good science out there and although there is very knowledgeable and wise doctors and scientists and things like that, I still will take God's report over all of it. Amen? Amen. Because God provides a life that is everlasting. Amen? Where doctors and scientists and those who might be able to keep us alive a little longer here on earth, we're not talking about an earthly existence. We're talking about a spiritual existence when we leave, where our spirit leaves a vessel. Amen? So, again, let's start with 2 Kings 2, 9 through 10. Bible says this. This is speaking of Elijah and Elisha, right? Again, the two of them. And Elijah is about to leave the earthly realm. Amen? And this is what takes place. It says, when they had crossed, they're talking about cross the river. Amen? Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? 
he gives him a question. He asks him a question. He says, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? Elisha's reply is this. He says, let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet, if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. Amen. I want to stop right there and talk about this for a minute. Let's talk about this scripture. Okay, so Elijah has already mentored him for several years. Elisha has seen what God can do through Elijah. Amen. Right? You, you, you've been around your teacher, your mentor. You've been around a great man of God, a great woman of God. And you're seeing the things that God is doing through them. You're seeing the type of things that are happening and are taking place. And the first thing that Elisha asked for is he says, let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. He doesn't ask for anything else but that. So, you know, again, when you read it, you're like, okay, yeah, that's obvious, right? I want a double portion of your spirit, right? But the funny thing is, is that, or the, the thing that, that kind of jarred me a little bit is it says, you have asked, Elijah tells him, you have asked for a difficult thing. Amen. Let me ask you today, Brother Pete, if you have $100 to your name today, and I, and I, and I ask you, well, you ask me, hey, what can I give you today? I said, I want a double portion of your money. But you're like, brother, that's a difficult thing. I only have $100 to give. I can't give you $200. I only have $100. So that's what kind of is, is going on right here, right? And Elijah's like, you're asking for a double portion of something that I can't give you. I can't give you it. He's like, but if you're able to see me being taken up, and we all he gets taken up in a whirlwind, amen. It says, the Bible tells you, if you keep reading, it says that uh, a chariot of fire on horse divides Elijah and Elisha from each other. And it says that um, Elisha cries out, my father, my father, referring to his mentor, Elijah, amen. And it says that, uh, the, that, the, that the chariot of fire, it takes him up in a whirlwind of fire, amen, a, 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 a whirlwind of flame, fire, or whatever you want to call it, amen. So... Um, because he's seen it, um, like Elijah had told him, then you will, be you will be able to inherit the double portion. Amen. And it wasn't that Elijah had the power to give him the double portion. Amen. It was that Elisha had already responded correctly when he was first ordained to be his predecessor. You follow me? follow me amen it wasn't that um you know elijah could grant elisha the double portion because him, he himself didn't own the didn't own the portion right amen now you can look at it in two ways because in the biblical in, in biblical times the era right that we're talking about um when he talks about inheriting a double portion of his spirit biblical scholars and others will say yes He's talking about inheriting, uh, being an heir, right? Because in that time, right, you, in order to inherit something, you had to be an heir of somebody, amen? And he wasn't his son. He was his predecessor, right? He allowed himself to be mentored. So you can take it that way too. And you can, I could teach on and preach on a whole other subject about inheritance of being rightfully the heir of a family. But what he's saying is, what, what Elisha's saying is, 
I want a double portion of what you have because the double portion, the spirit that you have, he's like, I know that I'm going to need that. Amen. He said, this is a difficult time. It's a difficult time to be a prophet. And, and, and if you're asking me what I want from you, I want a double portion of your spirit. I don't want a double portion of anything else that you own or anything else that you have. I don't want anything else but a double portion of the spirit that God has given you because I need that. Amen. Amen. But he was only able to see him being taken up in that whirlwind of fire. And I believe this wholeheartedly is because he had already had it in his heart and he already had it uh, um, predestined over him. Amen. And he answered and responded the right way. Amen. Because I know that, again, when, when we when we put ourselves in the shoes of these individuals that are um, that, that are that are, um, uh, you know, recorded in the Bible. We, I mean, some of the stuff that these people do, right, whether good or bad, you're like, man, how do they do that? Like, I mean, that's difficult. Like, I don't know that I would leave my mom and fa- father, you know, if, if they were both in my house and both were, you know, great to live with and all that. Amen. I don't really know what that's like, but I'm just saying, if you do, you better cherish it. You better love it. Let me tell you right now, because I could speak from experience. If you don't have both parents in your home and they both are there and they love you and take care of you, you better cherish that. Amen. Cherish it. But what I'm saying is that I don't know that if I had that, I'd be able to walk away and just what you want me to do? What right now? Like leave this and go follow you. I don't even know what you're about to go do. Could you tell me what it's all about first? Could you lay it all out? That's the difference between God and the world. Can I be honest with you? That's the difference between God and the world. See, the world's going to tell you everything is going to happen to you, good or bad, right? They're going to tell you everything. They're going to, usually they're going to tell you this. Can I be, let's be honest, right? They're going to tell you this fake story. This is how your life's going to be. This is how it's going to be. All you got to do is this. They forget to leave all the roller coaster right out of it, the bumps, the bruises, the hurts, and the, you know, the disappointments and everything else. They just tell you it's going to be all lilies, this and that. But what I love, God don't tell you. God says, I'm not going to tell you what your future is going to be like. I want to know, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you really have that faith that you talk about? You know, uh, I mean, God really wants to know where your heart is. Where your mind's at. Because it's very easy for us to get caught up in, in, in the bad times or the good times. Amen. Uh, and, and not knowing what's going to happen um, and, and trusting God. Like, Lord, I don't, this, this, you sure you're in this? Like, because this doesn't look like you're in it. Amen. So it's very hard. And, and I think that, um, you know, a lot of times it's hard for us to follow Christ because we don't know where he's taking us. All we know is our end, but we don't know what's from here to there, right? I don't know. We have the beginning and we have the end. He is the alpha and the omega. He is the author and finisher of our faith, amen? He, he, he was the creator, amen? And, and we know that the beginning of the Bible says this and the end of the Bible says that. And write your own Bible story out right now, right? You try to write it out. None of us can do it. That's why I leave it to the author and finisher. Because I don't know what's going to happen in between all of my beginning and my end. But, Lord, you do, and I trust you. But that's one of the hardest things for us to do, especially when you can't see him, especially when you can't see him, right? Right? Evidence, you know, faith, 
the hope, right? It's hard for us to understand what's going on when we can't see him. But Elisha, that's why I said I wanted us to reflect on him because he shows us that you don't have to know. You don't have to know. All you do is you just got to respond correctly. Just respond correctly. And it's hard to do in this day and age when you don't know what the truth is. We don't. There's so much drama out there and social media and the news and everything. We're like, what's the truth anymore, Lord? You know, that's why we got to read our Bible. That's why we got to rightly divide it. Because this has stood the time. This has stood the, you know, this has stood, I'm using that term that everyone uses, the test of time. Right? Bible's still here, still true today. You can still read it, and it can still be relevant. And it still is. Amen? So, so again, we know that Elijah had left. Elisha had requested a double portion. He didn't request a little bit. He didn't request, you know, uh, half the plate. He wanted one and another. He wanted a double portion. Amen? So it's important to understand Elisha's eagerness to obtain his full calling and the awareness he displays day in and day out to obtain a double portion. Amen? Uh, that he would later request when he asked what it is he would have Elijah do for him. The scripture that we read in 2 Kings 2, 9-10 through 10 was an open invitation. It was an open invitation that was given after Elisha had demonstrated his loyalty and commitment by refusing to leave his mentor. I left that uh, little bit of, uh, uh, when I say, and commitment by refusing to leave his mentor. I want you guys to read this 2 Kings 2. Read it on your own time. And you'll see that as, as um, Elisha know, Elijah I'm sorry, knows that he's about to be taken up. Amen. They go and visit a few towns. Amen. And, uh, and all the other prophets and people that they come across tell Elisha, you know your mentor is about to be taken. So he had time to think about what he was going to ask if he was asked. He had time to reflect on the things he had seen. Amen. He had time to do this. But that dedication, seeking God's best attitude, right? Because that's what it boils down to. Our response is all about our attitude towards God. Our attitude towards the things of God of Elisha was rewarded. Amen. That's why he got the double portion. What did, what did Elisha ask for? Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. Elisha asked for a big thing, a double portion of the mighty spirit of Elijah. Elisha saw how greatly the spirit of God worked through Elijah. And he wanted the same for himself. He wanted more than what Elijah possessed. The idea of a double portion was not to ask for twice as much as Elijah had, but to ask for the por- for, but to ask for the portion that went to the firstborn son, like I mentioned. That's another thing, right? Elijah asked for the right to be regarded as the successor of Elijah, as his firstborn son in regard to ministry, in regard to his calling, in regard to prophecy, right? Being a prophet. Yet Elijah had already been designated as Elijah's successor. Remember, I covered that. Well, you could read it, actually, in 1 Kings 19.19. It'll tell you that God tells Elijah in Mount Horeb to go and anoint him as your predecessor. So this was a request for the spiritual power to fulfill the calling he already received. Amen? So I'm going to close with this. It is worthwhile to consider, it, to consider if this was generally a good or bad thing. Normally, we don't think 
of one person inheriting the ministry of another. Amen. The relationship, the relationship between Elijah and Elisha and God's apparent blessing on their ministries shows that at least sometimes God intends one person to inherit the ministry of another. Amen. Some of you know this. It might have been in ministry. It might have been in the workplace. It might have been a father to a son or a mother to a daughter. Amen. Something was passed on to you. Right? Hey, you are now inheriting this. Hey, I've been mentoring you for four or five years now so that you can take my position as a manager. Right? We should always be looking for that person to replace us. Not because we don't want to do it no more, but because we all reach a point in our life where we get to a, a stage in our age where we can no longer perform the same way we could. So we should be looking at who we potentially can pass our inheritance to. Amen. Amen. So more than anything, consider this. More importantly, right? Elijah could have asked for anything, but he asked for this. When offered everything, he didn't seek wealth, worldly power, or status, or to return home to his family or previous life. He wanted all he might need to fulfill God's purpose and call on his life. Amen. What do you think is missing in your life today? What would you ask God for if he offered you anything? Amen. Asking God for all you need to fulfill his highest purpose for your life is a great thing to ask for. Amen. So I ask you and I encourage you. I would just say I urge you. Get a double portion of that. Get a double portion of what's going to help you reach the highest purpose for God's purpose in your life. Amen. So inherit your double portion that God has for you and your purpose in God's grand plan of salvation. Amen. See, church, to unlock that reward, to unlock that key of the double portion for you in your life, your reward, like I mentioned, lies, it lies in your attitude towards God. It lies in your attitude towards God. So let us reflect on Elijah's eagerness, dedication, and commitment shown in 1 Kings 19, 19 through 21, and 2 Kings 2, uh, number 2, I'm sorry, 2 Kings 2, 9 through 10. Let us reflect on his characteristics, the attributes of this young man. I know that we always say that we are children of God, amen, and that we are, um, we are, um, we, we pick up his character traits and his attributes, which are great, but I can guarantee you that's exactly what Elisha was displaying for us. Amen. Before Jesus hit the, hit the ground running in his ministry, Elijah was an example of Jesus. The eagerness, the dedication and commitment. Not, and I'm not talking to a one-sided thing, and I'm not talking to the church only. I'm talking the eagerness and dedication and commitment to what God has called you to in your purpose for this life. It goes beyond these walls. It goes beyond CRC. It goes way beyond the things that you can imagine right now. Because like I said, we don't know what God has for our future. But we have to be ready. We have to be dedicated and committed. Amen. To when we, when we know the Lord, is the Lord is talking, do we run? Do we turn away? Do we not react? Amen. Do we say, no, Lord, not right now. I'm not ready. I need more time to grow. And the Lord says, no, you don't. All you need is more of my spirit, a double portion. Amen.
Amen. Let us bow our heads. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you again for this evening, Lord. We thank you for your spirit, Father. Lord, I hope this message, Father God, was planted in the hearts of those that have listened today. Father, I ask that a double portion of your spirit to fulfill your calling and your purpose for every individual's life in this place and those that are listening would be granted that they would inherit it today lord jesus or when they hear this message that it would be understood lord that we must respond with the right attitude toward you your calling toward you and what you ask us to do lord because father we didn't ask you to do anything for us but you did it you gave your life you shed blood on that cross you pulled each and every one of us right here today out of our muck of sin out of a past that was destroying us out of a life that was headed nowhere and you gave us everlasting salvation because you loved us because you showed us first what it was to have an attitude of love of mercy and of kindness and your grace lord let us have those character traits and those attributes. Give us a double portion of everything your spirit involves and is combined of, Lord. In your mighty name, Jesus, we pray.